Okay, um, I'm a professor of health studies, right, in the College of Human Sciences at UNISA. Uh, my field of specialization is occupational health and safety, which means I look at the health and safety of people in various workplaces. However, I chose one niche area or one focus area, which was in heavy-duty or high-risk industries like mining and construction, forestry, uh, police service workers, and the military. However, for the purpose of or for the purpose of this interview, I'll focus on the mining industry because the award was based on the work that I did for the mines. And then I understand you imp- you you improved certain working conditions for women. What sort of things did you improve for women working underground? Yes. Remember the fact that before, previously, or should I say historically, the mining industry was an, um, an environment dominated by men. Women were excluded from working underground, obviously because of the sensitive and harsh working conditions underground and the fact that the working underground is in a natural setting. So it had some adverse health effects for, for, for women's physiological makeup. Up until the mining charter was revised, so with the revision of the mining charter, it was mandated that women must not be discriminated from working underground. They need to be incorporated. However, the gap that existed was that um, the mining environment was not accommodated or was not accommodative for women, given its history of male dominance. Women were just incorporated and they were expected to fit in the existing structures and uh, practices. Uh, Retrospectively, the industry then, under the auspices of the Mine Health and Safety Council, they identified the gap to say, hey, we need to identify or explore the challenges which are experienced by women underground. And this is where then my study came in. In fact, it was commissioned by the Mine Health and Safety Council. So I went in, they were specifically looking at the personal protective equipment and clothing because um, they had tried to address the other issues that related to control measures like administrative and engineering measures. Now, personal protective equipment and clothing is the last line of defense in the hierarchy of controls, in, in, in controlling hazards in the workplace. It was definitely important for them to address that because the existing um, PPE was suited or was designed based on the male characteristics. So it was a huge challenge for women. Um, the study did explore the various um, health and safety challenges that these women experiencing. Among them was um, the fact that it was not fitting them properly. Um, it was inadequate, it was not comfortable, it was giving them various forms of health and safety challenges such as infections, chaufing, um, and, and, and many other more that I cannot disclose. So the findings of the study actually clearly indicated the gap which warranted the need to redesign the current um, a PPE so that it could be in line with the female um, um, uh, physiological body makeup and as, as well as to be based on the anthropometric uh, measurements. Given the fact that women and men, they've got, um, 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 there's a fast difference between the two um, uh, physiological makeups. So with this study then, um, and the guidelines, we I, I developed the guidelines 
in line with the code of practice for women workwear, which was um, approved by the SABS, because then this is a workplace, the mining underground, so I had to make sure that the guidelines were in line with the national standards so that they would meet the criteria of being safe, the safety criteria, which was the main issue. They were designed the guidelines and um, the Mine Health and Safety Council as the custodian of the um, um, of the study or of the research then had to um, submit it to the regulator, which is the Department of Mineral Resources. And based on that, they developed a code of practice, which they used. Firstly, they accepted the guideline as a national standard to say, in all the mining industries, this is the uh, standard that we expect them when they are designing or providing the PPE for women who are working underground. So it was accepted as a national standard, and that's where the impact of my work um, was highlighted. And based on the guideline, then the regulator had to develop a code of practice which the mines have to adhere to and which they use to sort of regulate and inspect all the mines to make sure that they comply. And all of that was done just to make sure that the health and safety of women working underground is not compromised. Their uniqueness in the sense that they are females, they are vulnerable uh, workers, they've got different needs which are, um, are not the same as their male counterparts. They, it had to be recognized and it had to be catered for. And one other aspect that I um, identified where, whilst I was doing the study was the fact that even the ablution facilities underground were not demarcated per gender again. It leads to the fact that or it is related or linked to the fact that previously the industry was male dominated, no women were working underground, so there was no need to actually demarcate the um, ablution facilities. Now, that was a challenge, and it was in contravention of the facilities regulation because um, it's, the regulation clearly states that in any public um, facility or in any public place, there needs to be a gender-appropriate or gender-demarcated ablution facilities. With, because of the lack of the demarcated, demarcated ablution facilities underground, there were other secondary challenges that women who were working underground were faced with. For example, um, things that related to the invasion of their privacy, things that related to them being harassed or at, in danger of being, should I say, being attacked, but it was mostly related to privacy because if there is no indication that this is for women only, then uh, male colleagues will also make use of the facility, which then leads to other challenges, which are obvious. So the study actually recommended the guidelines as to what kind or what type of facilities should be provided for women underground that will be in line or withstand the harsh conditions for underground. And as a result of that, um, women were now much more safer to, 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 to work underground and their basic need of using or having access to a hygienic or clean ablution facility underground was actually made because they were um, uh, reporting various um, um, what uh, measures or various um, um, what interventions that now they were using to try to cope with the situation of having unhygienic or lack of uh, gender appropriate uh, facilities underground. For example, they will 
were telling me that we end up not even drinking water because if we drink water, now we will have an age to use um, an ablution facility. But then that was a very, that was of a high risk if you understand the nature of, 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 of the mining environment underground. It is extremely hot, therefore you have to continuously take water supplements to avoid the risk of getting dehydrated and getting the high, a, a heat stroke. So with them not drinking enough water, um, um, they were also subjected to other secondary uh, challenges such as um, dehydration, such as the risk of getting urinary tract infection, and many others. So you see, with a lack of such a basic facility underground, it... it, it, it um, led to other complications which compromised their health at wake, which is against the notion of the Mine Health and Safety Act, which is to make sure that workers or the working environment is free of any hazards that might compromise or affect the health and safety of workers on the ground. And now last week you got your award for all of this hard work. How do you feel that you got the award? How do I feel that I've got the award? I am extremely grateful and, um, you know, in my view, the award is sort of like confirmation of the kind of work. Remember, it, it means a lot to me, but mostly for my institution because it gives a huge credit to UNISA. Remember the work I did, it was on behalf of UNISA. I'm just a researcher, but UNISA makes it possible for us as researchers to be able to conduct such quality work and be able to advise the industries accordingly. So therefore, I'm extremely grateful to um, um, DST for acknowledging or recognizing um, um, our work because it, it, it sort of gives the visibility to the kind of research that UNISA is doing and it showcases that we have what it takes to shape futures and define tomorrow, which is our mission. Um, our university actually fosters a culture of impactful research excellence by going beyond providing just incentives for niche areas. Um, and really it is important, particularly for us, as, as, as um, I'm saying for us because I'm speaking on behalf of other women, for us as women, <laughs> Um, we are still um, disproportionately represented in academia. So we, when we get such recognition, it actually motivates us to go beyond, you know, our, um, um, our focus to, to actually give more. And it simultaneously fosters research excellence and it challenges the male dominance in science.